If I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. Georgia Tech is proud of its many traditions, but the one I find most exciting is our tradition of excellence. Our mission as students is not to follow in the footsteps of the astronauts, Nobel Prize laureates, and president who graduated before us, but to exceed their footsteps, crush the shoulders of the giants upon whom we stand. We here are all such innovative people, so I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. What is this? This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is the podcast by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. I'm the alum. My name is Steven. He is the fan. His name is Joshua. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Now, Stephen, I just have one other question for you. Yes, sir. What's the good word? To hell with Georgia. All right. Kent State. <laughs> they need to. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, briefly, welcome to a very special. I don't want to interrupt your, I don't want to try to interrupt, but. You just uh, did. I was, I was reading an article from uh, the, U, like, the dog wire, UGA wire or something, and they had a very UGA moment. They misspelled the word development. Well, of course they misspelled that. Yes, that makes total sense. And the only thing worse would have been if it had been a UGA fan, they probably would have misspelled fan. But anyway, uh, in the old days, they used to say you can't spell sugar without UGA. And as I told my UGA friends, most UGA fans can't spell sugar. So, (laughs) all right. So uh, we are doing a very special edition, a very unique edition, because the Georgia Tech football program is at the top or around the top of a lot of news stories because the coaching seat has been vacated. So we're going to spend the entire episode today. We're suspending all other news. We are going to talk last episode. We spent a big chunk about, and the, the title was, is he on the, is he on the precipice? You know, is he on the edge of the cliff? Yes, he was. And he and Todd Stansberry athletic director are both dismissed from Georgia tech. So we're going to talk a little bit about the actual news of it. And then, Joshua, we are going to spend a lot of this time talking about what should Georgia Tech football do next? Who should be the next coach? And we'll get into that. So let's deal with the news part of it first. The uh, game against UCF caused was the final straw that you know broke the camel's back. So Georgia Tech goes down to UCF. Your quick observations from the game. Um, well, first of all, Charlie Thomas apparently is the Georgia Tech defense yes. because the moment he got thrown out of the game, they ripped off a big run. So it's good to know, A, just how good he is, and B, just how dependent this defensive scheme is on him. Um, if he doesn't get picked up in the NFL draft, that's insane. By the way, side note, the first one against Clemson was a complete joke, I thought. This one, I would make a strong argument. I, I can't believe they called it. Uh, because face mask first, the other guy's arm went into his face mask 
and lifted his helmet off. It wasn't the hit that caused the helmet to go off. It was the other guy's arm. And the hit was to the chest. I, I've i ranted about the college targeting rules. They're not going to change anytime soon because it's all about player safety. <clears throat> They're not taking into account the defender safety because half of these are caused by – anyway, I'm not going to – don't get me started on right. that. I wanted to go home. Um, Georgia Tech was able to hold UCF to 49 passing yards, which sounds great, but that was mostly by choice. Uh, UCF very much a run-heavy team. Georgia Tech did outgain UCF 438 yards to 333 total. The biggest issue, eight total penalties for Georgia Tech, a lot of them at big moments. On the first drive specifically, I believe that there were two penalties that extended the drive, plus a really big third-down pickup, and it was just a lot of – a lot of wasted opportunities. Only so many different ways we can say it. We've said it before in, when we talk about these games. It's just mental errors at the wrong time. You know, the 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 absolute worst possible times you can imagine that Tech commits a pass interference call or a offsides or a false start. That's exactly when it happened. Um, Jeff Sims had a good statistical day, but he was just he seemed just a little bit off more often than not. Um, outside of the one big play to Malachi Carter, which was a really good ball. Um, and, you know, Tech's offensive woes against non-bottom-of-the-barrel FCS schools reigns on. Um, they did cover the spread, though. They were they were 20-point underdogs, and they only lost by 17. So, silver linings. Sure. I'll, I'll go with you on that. So this my, is where we're at. This well, is where we're at. Yeah. Well, and uh, – Two two missed field goals. You go 0 for 5 total uh, with five possessions inside the red zone. Uh, you uh, have the fourth blocked punt against you of the season in, yes. four, in four games. You've only had one game where you haven't had a blocked punt. Uh, I don't know why after the Clemson game where you had two blocked, you didn't just completely change to – you know, wall everything off and and move the kicker back three yards to make sure you at least get the punt off every time. I I just that is so my number one takeaway from the game, and you and I were texting during the game, and I was texting with other tech fans and alum that I know. It with as bad as we played, and with the same old story of of dumb mistakes and stupid penalties and just I'm not seeing the good coaching on so many levels. We were still right there. Deep into this game, we had shots to tie it. We had shots to, you know, you make two field goals, you don't get the block punt. This game is completely different. So, and you can say, oh, well, you can't count on those things. You know, two field goals inside of 35 yards. And again, not getting a stupid punt blocked. And it was just whiff. It was just, it was bad assignment. It was just pl- either players playing dumb or not being coached to the point to where, hey, this can't happen. I, I don't know. I-, I do not assume these are dumb players. They're not. They seem to be smart guys. They're at tech and they're they're good players. You can't miss that many assignments. That speaks to coaching or it speaks to not connecting with your players. So that got us to where we are now. So the news story then broken by Ken Segura, by the way, shout out to him, as usual, the best when it comes to Georgia Tech athletics. Uh, he, he talked about it on Sunday. 
uh, and the uh, we are recording this on Monday after the Georgia Tech Athletic Association board met, not only decided to part ways with Jeff Collins, but decided to part ways with the athletic director, Todd Stansbury. Uh, and so the new search for uh, an, uh, an athletic director and head football coach uh, goes on. Currently, uh, they announced a temporary AD. I'm not going to, I don't know if you have that name in front of you, but I guess we could look that up. He was part of the staff, obviously. And then Brent Key, offensive line coach, and arguably, if not uh, if not Jeff, he is the top recruiter for the program for the last, uh, for the for Collins' tenure. He is the guy who is going to uh, take over interim coaching duties. So the, uh, the current um, AD or the interim AD is Frank Neville who was the uh, chief of staff for university president, Angel Cabrera, uh, senior vice president of strategic initiatives. So he's from the academic side. Um, I don't expect him to stick. Um, oh, no, no. He He's a placeholder. He's he's, he's going to oversee the chaos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as, so let's, let's get into it. So the, so the big question, well, the way I wanted to, Couch this discussion, and those of you who are listening uh, would love to know your thoughts. I actually texted uh, and reached out to uh, friends of mine who are alum and fans and kind of said, hey, tell me who you're thinking will hire. So the way I, and Joshua, I, I suggest this to you, we'll kind of cover it in a, a few different ways. Who do you want to see hired as coach? Who do you think will be hired as coach? And then uh, give me some wild and crazy either, hey, here's a name nobody's talking about, or here's a name I've seen mentioned once that I think would work really well, and or here's a name I've heard that is ridiculous, and let me tell you why. So let's start with, uh, let's start with the top candidates you think will probably be chosen, uh, the ones different than your pick. Because I know your pick might also be one that you think is is in a lot of lists, but give me give me other names you're seeing on other lists. Well, the big one that I've seen is Jamie Chadwell, um, the Coastal Carolina head coach. Um, doesn't have any head coaching experience or any coaching experience, I think, at all at the Power Five level. But realistically, looking at his track record, doesn't matter because he's 26 and three in the last three years, and he took a freshman quarterback and. Grayson McCall and has made him a national name. And, you know, he's taken Coastal Carolina, who nobody had ever heard of before, and had them as high as number 14 at one point in the polls. Um, you know, it'd be interesting because he knows how to run a program. He doesn't necessarily have, he hasn't run a group of five program yet. And it comes across just a little too close, maybe, to what Jeff Collins was. But at the same time, Jeff Collins was 15 and 10 as a head coach at Temple, I believe, in his first head coaching experience. And Jamie Chadwell has been head coach at multiple division levels, as well as at Coastal Carolina. And everywhere he's gone, he succeeded. So, out of that—that's a name I've seen on it on over almost every list I've looked at. Yes, and for good reason. He's he's a fantastic uh, candidate. I don't know if he would necessarily take the tech job because realistically, he's probably going to have a much. He's going to have other suitors. Um. So I, I really like him as a, as a potential option. Um, and if you want some more, I've got two others that I've seen. Give me, that, give me um, your, yeah, give me your other two. I say, so they're both, ironically enough, they're both UGA coaches right now. 
Right. And both of them are kind of for different reasons. So the first one is their running back coach, Del McGee. Now, it sounds weird to hire a position coach for a head coaching spot, um, especially since his only head coaching experience was as an interim at Georgia Southern to cover a bowl game. But the big reason I want would want him and the big reason a lot of people are pitching him is he's one of the best recruiters at UGA, which says a lot because they recruit in the same classes. He was a high school coach in Georgia, and he's maintained those relationships up to now. So I've, I've said it before on this podcast, if Tech can just get some headway into the Georgia market, specifically the Atlanta market, you know, that's, you've got so much more talent coming in right then and there. And I think Del McGee would be that guy. Now, the other one is UGA offensive coordinator Todd Monken, who, I mean, he's been praised for the last year and a half for developing Stetson Bennett, um, creating a new Georgia offense. And now Georgia is known just as much for its offense as it is its defense, especially this season. Um, he's a good recruiter. The biggest thing is he's been a, he's been right there with Kirby Smart and you know Kirby's built an insane program over there. Um, learned it from Nick Saban. So you're kind of getting the disciple of the disciple. Uh, which is, you know, interesting, but either way. Um, and he does have head coaching experience. He was at Southern Miss for a few years. His first season, they went 1-11. Uh, it was a horrible situation he walked into. And then with about two, three years, he had him at 9-5, and five, complete, competing for league titles. So I, I like the fact that he's got coordinator experience at a really huge program. And, again, I, I want to find somebody who, who could at least, like, recruit just a little bit. Okay. So – Two other, uh, and and we've seen, you've probably seen dozens of names. I know I have. Um, so the two that I've seen uh, talked about multiple times, one is Tyson Helton at uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, and yeah. then uh, the other one uh, I've seen mentioned multiple times is uh, Sean Clark. Uh, and forgive yeah, me. Guy. Yes, from Appalachian State. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I've also seen uh, both Kansas's coach and Kansas's offensive coordinator. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. You're going to jump on me because I know I think that's one. Of, that's no, yeah. It's it's not you. It's the people that say that Tech will get Lance Leopold. There's no way. With what he's done at Kansas, first of all, I don't know if he would actually want to leave because he's built something there and it could be really really special. Right. Two, if he's going to leave, he's not going to leave for Georgia Tech. He just did this at Kansas. He's if he leaves, he's going to a much larger, much more secure, not secure, much more high profile power five job. So the fact that I've seen him mentioned a few times and I'm always like, that'd be great. But we should have gotten him two years ago when he was available. OK, so then let me ask you in response to that. So Todd Munkin at UGA and Dell McGee, the running backs coach. So let's speak specifically of Munkin. You could say the exact same thing of Munkin because if he's going to leave UGA, number one, I don't think he's going to leave UGA to play against a top rival of Kirby's. Number two, he's not going to go to a college that uh, is arguably some kind of dumpster fire that's going to be really going to take a long time to rebuild. I just, I mean, he's going to continue to stay there until he gets the plum job. And I, you know, I just, I, I think tech is a great job. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the job that the coordinator goes to, uh, you know, maybe the running backs coach, but my fear with the running back coach is we already had a great recruiter 
can he coach? And I don't, I don't think, I don't think tech fans would want, and tech alum, I don't think would want a first time coach. That, that was that was the big thing. I was just saying those are the ones that I've seen. Like yes, to, to, to the point, Del McGee had a specific article written about him by the UGA beat writer in the Athletic, where like, hey, he should be a legitimate contender for a lot of these jobs, specifically Georgia Tech. So right. I wanted to mention them because I've seen them mentioned a lot, Agreed. partially because they know the Georgia area. You know, they know a lot, a lot more connections within the state, which, as I pointed out, I think needs to be a big emphasis. Jeff Collins tried to make it it, but it was more about branding around the city of Atlanta as opposed to attacking and getting kids from Atlanta right. into the doors. So okay. that's why I picked the, the that's why those were the two that stood out to me because because of the okay. connections. So before we get to your pick that you think will uh, that you would love to see take the Georgia Tech job. Let's cover. Uh, so, by the way, Jamie Chadwell, your first name, I think, is the name I've seen on almost every list. Okay. And that and the App State guy. I've seen him too. Yes. So Sean Clark. So those are the two. Now let's talk about the other name that seems to be at the top of every single article and every single message board and every single community uh, conversation of uh, around this job. Uh, And that would be Jackson State's coach, also known as primetime Deion Sanders. Um, I mean, it's, it's a really good dream, isn't it? You know, the, the prodigal son comes home, former brave, former Falcon, uh, Lord knows if he came, he would have the city of Atlanta locked down. Um, and Georgia tech also might get every top defensive back in every class because the chance to learn from prime time, I mean, come on, the best to ever do it. The only issue, there's a few issues though, because I've seen a lot of people that are like, we have to do it. We have to do it. I don't think that there's anything that tech can really do to get him in. And there's various reasons for it. One, Dion knows his worth. You know, Dion knows that everybody's looking at him. It's it's similar to Lance Leopold, except on a grander scale. Right. Because not only has he, you know, not only is his name recognizable, he's had success. Jackson State just won their conference championship. He got the number one recruit, Travis Hunter, to flip from Florida State to come to him. And it's I he's going to have other interests from much bigger schools. The biggest reason he will not come to Tech, I don't think he wants to leave Jackson State. I think I agree. he's doing this. He's I got agree. a bigger purpose. Dion's yeah, made it. Dion's not doing this for cash. Dion's doing this because he wants to change HBCU football. I, I read agree. somewhere that I think he got paid 300K last season to be the head coach. He put half of that back into the athletic program. Yeah. So he's he's attempting to do something bigger than him, and he's not going to yeah. give that up to take a bottom-of-the-barrel ACC school and try to rebuild it. Maybe in another time in his life, after he's made the impact he wants to make, maybe he would consider it, but that was not the time. Well, I, I think I think Deion Sanders is currently, and and every year, I always call it the Bill Cower. When Bill Cower first left the Steelers and took the CBS sports job, every single year, it was Bill Cower's being considered for this NFL head coaching job every single year for like 10 years. And Bill yeah. kept having to come on the air going, 
I'm not leaving. I love CBS Sports. I'm not looking to coach again. Now, he said if the right situation came along, the right situation never came along. Yeah. I think Dion, first of all, is too early in his run at Jackson. Yeah. And number two, would only leave for what he would consider the perfect situation. But at least for this year, he is going to be at the top of every list for every job. Oh, they're going to, oh, they're talking to Dion. Oh, that maybe they should, should Dion go to this college? And so I think because it's this early in the season, I think we, we just got the Dion list here. Now, the only thing is it's Atlanta. Yes. So he is, you know, oh, it's Atlanta. He played in Atlanta. So what? That was at the beginning of his career. He never came back. Yeah. And and Dion is going to do whatever Dion wants to do. And he has earned that right, both yeah. as a player, as a businessman, and so far as a coach. So, you know, as much as I would love to see it, and arguably, issue- arguably, uh, he's the exact same thing as you brought up. Uh, with Leopold and uh, with uh, even the Coastal Carolina, arguably, he, he hasn't done it long. Yeah. So, And then the other issue is I I don't know how much Tech would be able to kind of commit for him, you know, because they don't have the same budget that most schools would do. So it sounds great. Oh, you get Dion. And, but, like, would he be able to get the assistance he might want? Would he be able to get – you know, would he be able to have the money to kind of recruit the way he wants to? And not to mention the academic stuff would would definitely come into consideration. He has he had an iffy experience. He tried to set up a prep school um, as a right. high school coach. Right. And it didn't succeed for various reasons. So it's just sort of like with, with the restrictions that would be put on him at Georgia Tech, would he be able to make the impact everybody seems to believe he would? Right. All right, so um, I want to hear your your dream hires first. Could you let me go first on the the top names you're seeing? I want to hear so, your. Okay, so so let me let me correct you. These are not my dream hires. These are who I would like to see hired. Okay, okay. because uh, you know, because my dream hire would would probably be you know raise the spirit of Bobby Dodd and have him, you know, coach from the grave. So I think that's that a doesn't little... require Dr. Strange level powers. Right. And that's, you know, and and the science of that. Now, if we can build the Iron Man suit, can we raise Bobby Dodd from the dead? But that's uh then we start getting into we're not... theology and and other things that that we're not soothsaying and we're not going to go down that road. Okay. So uh the there there are two candidates that I uh would like to see uh that I would argue could do a good job here at Georgia Tech. So the first one is Bill O'Brien. Uh Bill O'Brien, uh a former Georgia Leary guy, uh Bill O'Brien who has coached in the NFL, he has coached at the college level. The number one reason why I think Bill O'Brien could do a good job is largely the job he did when he took over the Penn State dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, Bill O'Brien is a good coach. Players under Bill O'Brien get better. Bill O'Brien understands the type of player you would have to get. I mean, Penn State is not Georgia Tech, but Penn State is not General Studies City University that yeah. that you know arguably get all the players who don't want an education. Bill O'Brien knows how to get players who want to get educated. Um, so that would be number one. I think Bill O'Brien would be arguably a safe bet of a tech guy because I will say, and this is one of the things that's fu- that I'm kind of surprised, but maybe I'm showing my age and my bias, but I think there's enough in the tech 
uh, in the tech tree that we can get a tech guy because everybody go, oh, well, you know, it's different if you're recruiting at tech. Well, then bring in a tech guy who understands it or someone who's been in that kind of system. So that's number one. My top pick is actually one I have not seen on any list published by anyone, and I would love to see them hire them, and it's totally biased, and it's totally a little crazy, and that would be bring back the goose, George Godsey, uh, the former quarterback who took over after Joe Hamilton left. No one gave him a chance to do anything, and he ended up leading the team uh, to a great season, and then he started in coaching and no one gave him a chance to do anything. He really was just like O'Leary's grad assistant. Hey, isn't that cool? Goose is on the sideline. That's awesome. And he became a quarterback's coach. He's He's been an OC. He is currently the tight ends coach with the Baltimore Ravens. And George Godsey has been, uh, has been what's the word? Um, I was going to say underutilized, but that's a wrestling term that we use in, in joking. He has been uh, he's been looked over his yeah. entire life, and go. the guy is smart, and I think he would do a great job as the tech head coach. So I went in the exact opposite direction as he did. Good. Um, that's why I'm, we do this show. I was when I was looking at these names, I kind of wanted to find guys that had a track record of having some level of success. You know, I because I understand kind of I've seen the the coordinator hires into head coaches become really successful. I've also seen them go incredibly wrong, as we mm-hmm. saw with with Jeff Collins. Now, Jeff Collins was a great guy. He had a great connection with the players. Uh, we saw that on Twitter once he got fired. There were a lot of people that or a lot of former players and current players who were like, you know, man, I'm heartbroken. He did this for me. He helped me so much. And that's great. But I want a guy who knows how to kind of run a program. And we've seen him do it before at a relatively high level. So hilariously enough, my two picks are two people that are not currently coaching right now, but they've had success in the past. So the biggest one for me, Tom Herman. Okay, now that's going to sound, oh, what he washed out of Texas. He washed out of Texas because Texas football fans expect to win a national championship every year, and he was more solid. Um, He was 32 and 18 as the head coach. Um, He had good classes. He just didn't have, you know, Texas classes. Like we've seen with Sarkeesian in his second year, his class right now is currently ranked number two. Herman didn't get that high, but he had, you know, if he were to come to Tech, he would have some of our best classes ever. Yeah. And he's he had success before he got to Texas, too. So um, and I think being in a smaller spotlight, not having to deal with the Texas media, not having to deal with the fact that his team has its own network, I think would be a boom for him. Well, it would be his Houston job with more resources and a better recruiting base because Houston and Houston was nothing when he went there. So, yeah, I I I saw that. Yeah, I saw that on the list who did the Big 12. Yep. The second one, relatively similar. He's just even more successful. Uh, Dan Mullen, <sighs> who is a current I listen, I thought the same thing too, but the dude is he was 69 and 46 at Mississippi State, 34 and 15 at Florida. He didn't have a great last year at Florida, but I mean he's he has he's had some fantastic offenses in the past. Um he's had he had success at two SEC jobs. So I can only imagine what would happen if you were to bring him into an ACC 
team and he didn't have to deal with the same spotlight that he would have dealt with, he dealt with at Florida. Again, he was a he was at top 10 to 15 classes. It's just with Florida, you're expected to have top five classes. And that's why he got the boot. Yeah, I I, I wonder if, that, if Dan Mullen wants to coach anymore. That that's, would, so that's, that would, that's the risk with those two is they're both kind of, you know, they're both um, – would, would you be able to bring them out of their analyst job to coach Georgia Tech? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Right. I think Herman's a much better bet because Mullen did it at two SEC schools. But like I just like I said, I was looking for a guy with more established success. Right. Who's shown he can do it. The only thing was he was kind of eaten by his own situation. So like again with Herman and Mullen, they were at comp schools that rather rightfully or not believe they should be top five schools and i and i think there's an argument to be made the reason they're on these lists that you've seen and why you brought them up after collins who only had two seasons coaching at temple but talked a good game and stansbury's quote was you know i just connected with the guy of course he's a nice guy but he can't coach and uh and so is is the is the mandate going to be you got to find a name somebody that's coached somebody that and Herman and Mullen fit that the other one I saw on other lists was Bronco Mendenhall who just left yeah. UVA um, again UVA pretty high academic standards yeah uh, not a lot of general studies classes to hide out in so you got to find students he took a program that has long been in the cellar and made them legit. Um, you know, made them com- competitive. Let's put it that way. So yeah, they were, they were uh, solid schools. But would he want to come back? That was, you know, he kind of he stepped and, down. He's when he stepped down, he said, "This is not like I'm not retiring. I'll come back. That's right. for something." I just so and then of okay. course there's all the there's all the different coordinators that have been listed. I've mm-hmm. seen all of them. Um, Josh okay. Gaddis. Yeah, yeah. A ton of them. The funniest okay. one that I have seen. Yeah. So let's get is, into silly. You got, hey, let me, let me, let me, come on, let me be the host. Let me teach. Hey, sorry. Joshua, what crazy names have you seen? Or what's the craziest, <laughs> silliest that you want to go? This person's credentials should be stripped from them. I, I've seen a few people mention Jeff Monken and Troy Calhoun, who are the head coaches at two of the service academies. I'm not discounting their ability. I'm just saying if Tech wanted to stick with the triple option, they would have hired somebody to stick with the triple option when Paul Johnson was shown. Well, okay, but uh, okay. So you stole mine because now I don't think they're going to get the job, but your premise is completely wrong. They they wanted to get as far away from the triple option as they could, which isn't hard because there's not many of them left. But, so it's interesting because you had mentioned Todd, but Jeff Monken, uh, Jeff Monken at Army is, uh, was at, with Paul at Navy and at Georgia Southern and at Tech. And what's interesting is while he runs the triple option over the last few years, he has, and he has really made some changes to it and made it a, brought it a little more up to date, not just running all the plays in his head like Paul did. And I would say that, you know, Paul's big success was you can, you, you find the right player who's willing to work hard and you create a team and you can compete. Army, yeah, they've they've had some really good teams because 
Jeff knows how to build a team and he knows how to find academic players who want to play football. I just don't think Tech's going back to the triple option so quickly. And I think it's crazy that people keep suggesting it because the reason that they hired Jeff Collins was to get away from the triple option. Yeah. And with their current roster, those guys wouldn't want to play is so it probably. Yeah, so you'd have a mass um, transfer and that just wouldn't be fun to deal with. Um, do you have, do you have a name you want to bring up? Cause I got one more. off. off the dome. Bring up yours. I've seen it's, a few fans have mentioned it. Maybe one or two writers. Um, Hugh freeze. Yeah. Which, you know, listen, he, he, he clearly knows how to like scheme up an offense, but anybody that gets fired from a unit from a head coaching position because he was calling in escorts for recruits. I, anybody that thinks that, that guy should be around an athletic program at a high level again is they're, they're dreaming a little bit. And I especially don't think tech would want to do it after some of the, the allegations brought that were brought against um, Passner, uh, right. which obviously were proven false, but you know, uh, cause Passner would never do that. He's the greatest guy in the world. Um, it's more of you, you kind of want to you don't want to bring in a guy that has scandal in your past because then you look like you're you're reaching for success. And that's not what tech should be about. So I'm going to uh, the crazy one I'm going to bring up is we're going to create uh, potentially a problem uh, because I saw the dumbest article I saw some great articles, CBS Sports, 24-7, Athlon, The Athletic has a great article about what the Georgia Tech job actually means. I'd encourage everybody to the go Athletic look at it. The best source that you can get for stuff yep. like this. And the then is insanely great. Then there's footballscoop.com, okay? And I'm going to shout out John Bryce who apparently has spent more than two decades covering football at all levels, primarily focusing on the collegiate ranks in the SEC, including deep coverage of the Tennessee Vols program and work as a sideline reporter and TV analyst. So Bryce has seen about every kind of story, and he's still looking to tell the really good stories. Anyway, John Bryce wrote an article for footballscoop.com. Georgia Tech coaching candidates should include Deion Sanders, Charles Huff, several other high-profile coaching candidates. This was his opening or tagline underneath the article. The Georgia Tech job is viewed by many industry insiders and coaches as a prime position. Now, I am a Georgia Tech alum. You are a Georgia Tech fan. I have huge pride over my school. I love Georgia Tech football and all Georgia Tech athletics and the Georgia Tech Institute of Technology. Prime, prime position? Is that because it's in the ACC, so it automatically makes it prime? Is that because it's in, in the city of Atlanta? Is that because it's in the city of Atlanta? That's what makes it prime. Yeah, you have access to one of the top five states it, in terms of producing athletes. I find it interesting. So, so what I found funny and Jack Bryce, I'd love to, John Bryce, I'd love to have you on the show. I'd love to talk. Cause I'm sure you know football and you've been in the industry, but there's this dichotomy and I wish the public would, or I wish fans and alum alike would figure out what we are. 
because either we're we're this horrible pariah that no one wants to come to because of academic because we actually care about academics and we don't have hideout classes. We actually want our athletes to go to class, get an education. By the way, shout out to Todd. We had a 90% graduation rate among all athletes. So that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. And I'm, I would argue it's probably one of the best. It always has been. We'll continue to be that way. I think we should recruit. I said this in a past episode, we should recruit for the post-education experience of getting your tech education because you can get a high six-figure salary because you come to tech. Oh, by the way, you get to play sports on TV and you get to be in this great these great facilities at a great stadium and yada, yada. So are we prime or is this an albatross that the next coach has to wear? So that question. was, Forget yeah. That. It, it, huh? I said, we'll figure that out because Whoa. if we attract one of the former or current head coaches, I think we can agree that it's a relatively good job because if somebody's going to leave a head coaching job, like like a Jamie Chadwell, if he's going to leave an area where he's really comfortable for tech, it's a pretty good job. But if we have and to by the way, the coordinator from, you know, some mid mid major school or a mediocre school, then we're out and- of practice. Right. And and by the way, you know, his list included Charles Huff from from Marshall, but it included Dion. It included Jeff Munkin at Army. It included Del McGee at UGA. It included. So, I mean, the guy I'm not I'm not saying the guy doesn't know anything. It just I found it funny because I'm seeing depending on what board you go to. It's such a divergent opinion of, well, nobody wants to come to tech because it's so hard because and then, oh, it's a prime it's a prime head coaching candidacy. And I As assume it's usual. Be- the answer sits somewhere in the middle. <laughs> well, and, and so to me, I think it's a great, it, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to build a very unique and academically based program like, like army, like all the service schools, uh, like Stanford, I mean, it, it has happened. You know, UVA, Bronco did it at UVA to an extent. If he had stayed longer, what could he have done? So you've got to find the best student athletes in Georgia and especially the Atlanta area. You've got to recruit nationally to bring in. Uh, and and I think what we should do, okay, maybe we don't go to the triple option, but let's go back to finding the largest athletic student athletes who study and will block because we brought in some great pieces, but if you don't block anybody and you don't block on special teams, bad things happen to your team. So the best thing I've seen mentioned is that tech is a better job than Nebraska. And as of right now, that's the other big one. I did and see Scott that Frost. I, agree with. I did see Scott Frost's name on, uh, on, Absolutely. on some. <laughs> No, he can't and, make it work at his alma mater. He can't make it work here. Yeah, and one of my one of my uh, friends, one of my tech friends, is a huge Nebraska fan as well, and I know he doesn't want Scott Frost at Tech because he had to watch the Falcons Scott Frost every system. Sunday. I cannot have another coach on Saturday who finds ways to lose one score games. All right, I will finish with one uh, last crazy name: Ken Wisenhunt, former Georgia Tech t- uh, tight end. He was in contention for the offensive coordinator job. I can see that. Yeah. So I don't think it'd be the greatest hire, but I mean, you know, 
You, uh, we do assume that none of the current staff stay. I've heard that Daniel's the running back coach. I've heard he might stay. And the big one, the big one that need that any coach I think is going to want to keep around is Kenyatta Watson because the connections with the people in Georgia, he's got that. And I, I saw it a few, there were a few recruits from the 2023 class when it came out, the calls was getting fired. They said, I think it was Javin Simpkins and one of the other guys. He said, if, as long as what, as long as Kenyatta is still there, I'm locked in. So, so, so uh, you and I, uh, apart from being tech alum and fans are also Atlanta sports fans, huge Braves fans. Uh, is there any chance that the uh, Brian Snitker scenario plays out where Brent Keys, uh, Brent Key does a fantastic job, rallies the troops, has it, you know, Snit took over a horrible uh, team that was mired in last place. They played almost 500 ball in the Braves for two straight years. We're like, yeah, let's give him one more year while we're rebuilding. Is there any chance they give Key a shot at, well, yeah, you did a no. pretty good job, baby? No. Okay. Because college football and MLB baseball are completely different industries when it comes to to coaching. Well, and that was a 40 year retirement gift that turned into. And a also, I mean, run. you know, Brian Snicker as the interim, he doesn't have to do what a college head coach has to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, he doesn't have to go recruit all these guys and like, he, it's, it's a much different job. So Brinkey would have to be insanely good to even, I think, to even get considered. Well, I think there's and there's absolutely no pressure on him and there's no pressure on the players. Go out there and play hard. Keep it. I think keep it as basic as can and uh, basic as you can line up and just hit people. Hey, let's go hit people. Let's go keep it simple. Keep everything in front of you on defense and let's just grind out stuff. So um, I think that Jeff Sims should be benched, but that's just me. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing what the other, you know, the other guys who came in, I wouldn't mind giving them a shot. What else you got to lose except the rest of our games? So, uh, I believe we have come to a good stopping point. If you've been listening to this this far, uh, you may have been screaming at us. You may have been going, hey, these guys are pretty smart. You know why? That's because he's a tech fan. I'm a tech alum. Uh, that means we uh, we call it like we see it. We make it very commonsensical, and we also uh, don't think too highly of ourselves, uh, but we think very highly of tech athletics. And so that's why we do this podcast. Joshua, any parting words? I mean, the same words I always say, to hell with Georgia. Mm. I completely concur, and I acknowledge your uh, statement of truth and fact. So for my other host, Joshua, this is Stephen. We will catch you next time, and we ask you, what's the good word?